0: Welcome back to episode 9 of my podcast. I know it's been a while, life has been hectic. School, work, depression, you know how it goes. (laughs) But I'm back. um, And yeah, I'm excited to be shooting another episode. Um, It's almost the end of the year. About two to three weeks left until... 2022 uh, which is so crazy because it feels like this year has gone by so fast but I don't know like I don't know if I'm the only one who's like questioning what it is that I have achieved this year you know because so many things were happening but also nothing was happening and it was just uh, it was just crazy um this has been challenging year for my mental health um still not as bad as 2019 i think um 2019 was the actual ghetto but yeah this week was what look now i'm saying this week this year was pretty tense um i was in and out of hospital um i was admitted into a psychiatric clinic which i jailbreak from because I just did not want to be there and Yeah, it's It's just so crazy to think that all of these things happened um, this year Um, just The numerous hospital visits the doctor visits the changes in medication um, therapy and um, ending my romantic relationship and you know, just trying to move on from that, you know, when I thought that that was the one. <laughs> um, yeah, and doing my master's, obviously, um, working, it was, yeah, it was, a, it was generally a very challenging year, but you know what? We made it and we should be proud of ourselves, you know, that we survived the year. And even if you didn't achieve the things that you wanted to achieve, that's okay. You know, you survived, we're still in a pandemic. Life still sucks, you know, and honestly, just making it through the day, through the week, through the months is something to celebrate in and of itself because it's, yeah, it's really, it's, it's really strenuous, you know, having to carry on with your daily life and also try not to catch you know coronavirus and just try to keep yourself safe and you know the strain that it's put on just daily living and relationships and mental health um yeah it just it it hasn't been great so yeah um, my point is if you if you haven't achieved um all the goals that you set for yourself um don't be too hard on yourself because you know we are still in a global pandemic and life still sucks. So yeah. Anyway, um, I tried to shoot this episode um, <laughs> the other day, but then it was raining and I lost the adapter for my microphone. So my voice and the rain were at the same volume and the sound just wasn't great. Um, I still haven't found the adapter for my microphone. Unfortunately, I don't know what I did with it. Um, so I'm shooting with my camera's mic and I'm hoping that it will be good enough. Um, I know the sound, I know you might hear things in the background, but just try to ignore that, please. Um, I promise I will look high and low for this adapter for the next episode, but I just, I really wanted to get this episode out. So please just bear with the sound if it's not great. Um, I apologize in advance. (laughs) So today's episode is gonna be short and sweet. I'm going to try to keep it short and sweet. Um, I'm gonna be chatting about how I knew I had depression or, well, how I knew that um, it was time for me to seek help. Um, Yeah, so (laughs) I was first diagnosed in March 2019 by my GP, um, and I went to see her when, you know, I like when I was probably at my breaking point. Um, I had done my research on depression and I wanted to be absolutely sure that, you know, I had depression before I went to see my doctor because, you know, I didn't want to waste a trip, I didn't want to waste money, and I just didn't want to waste effort, you know, going to the doctor over something that. Maybe it was just um not as serious as I thought it was. So I, I did wait until, you know, I was practically falling apart. And let me tell you, you should not do that. <laughs> do not wait until you're falling apart to seek help because it just... Oh, can you see my tummy? Oh my goodness. <laughs> it just, you know, it, it, it makes it... um more difficult to, um, start working from a point where you're practically deteriorating, you know, as soon as you realize that, okay, you know what, this, something, something is not right here, then you should absolutely seek help. On that note, though, um, I'm going to be sharing my experiences, um, and how I came to the conclusion that, you know, I was showing depressive symptoms. So please don't use this information to diagnose yourself or, um, yeah don't diagnose yourself with my experiences because you know everybody has different experiences and there are different types of depression you know um i was diagnosed with major depressive disorder so um yeah depression is not just one thing um there there are multiple types of depression so um the, the things that i'm sharing are based on um my experience and then the diagnosis that i got so Again, please don't use this to diagnose yourself, <laughs> okay. So, got my trusty notebook so that I don't stray. Um, last time, we ended up having a two-hour episode because we kept going off track. <laughs> and I, I, I really do wanna try to keep my episodes um, shorter because I know um, attention spans are not long. My, my attention span is not long. Um, I have a very, very short attention span and selective hearing. It's terrible. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to look at it from my point of view that, you know, people don't want to sit for hours listening to me talk. So I'm going to try and keep it short and sweet. Okay. So um, I did do a bit of research um, then and now um, just to get like a general idea of the symptoms that are associated with depression. And I wrote down... Line of them so you're sad and irritable you have less interest in activities you used to enjoy um, there's a change in your appetite so you lose or gain weight you sleep less or you sleep more you're tired and you lack energy you have trouble concentrating you feel suicidal you feel worthlessness and guilt and you feel body aches um, that won't go away so um before i went to see my doctor Um, I did experience some of these symptoms and I'm just basically gonna um, tell you how they manifested um, for me. Um, Maybe I should give you guys a bit of background. Okay yeah let me give you like a two-minute background. Um, So in 2018 um, I was doing my second year of law. Um, I was in a relationship and then my relationship ended. Um, mid 2018 and my relationship wasn't the cause of the depression so it wasn't that my relationship ended and because my relationship ended I went into a depressive state my relationship was a trigger um, for all of those um, things that I had suppressed uh, to come out so all my childhood traumas which is um, Another episode completely things that I'm currently not ready to talk about Um, so there were some pretty hectic childhood traumas that I had suppressed obviously Um, there was the bullying in primary school when I first moved to South Africa and the bullying in high school Um, and just because of that I struggled to connect with people and I was just a very sad lonely um, child and yeah just um these are just some of the things but an accumulation of all of these things these negative experiences that i had suppressed as i had um grown up were kind of triggered by my breakup and that's again another episode like how that happened um and all of these things started coming out you know um all of these um memories that i had suppressed started coming out and you know, I realized that I was miserable, and I wasn't okay, and I I was just not doing great, and, you know, all of this time, i had been lying to myself, telling myself that I was okay, but, you know, um, I wasn't, and so that's kind of how it started. Um, I don't want (laughs) to, I don't want to give you guys too much of a backstory, like, yeah, you know, it all started when my parents forgot me at school when I was five years old, no, (laughs) Um, but yeah, I just wanted to give you a general idea of where Um, that came from and also another disclaimer depression is only a third of my diagnoses so I I was diagnosed with depression um, anxiety and BPD so I'm gonna try to focus on the depression symptoms but just to note that they are all interlinked and it's impossible to try to analyze one without looking at all three of them Um, So, here and there, I will say that, okay, maybe this was the result of the BPD or the anxiety or whatever. So, yeah, I I wasn't in a great space um, in 2018. And then um, I I, I started to experience very um, intense emotional pain. And um, I think yeah i don't i don't know how to explain it other than like it 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 really hurt it was it was it was extreme um to the point where i started to experiment with self-harm because i preferred to feel physical pain than emotional pain that's how bad the emotional pain was i would i would cry i would just be you know, so miserable and, you know, it it hurts so much. And that's when I started cutting and um, it provided some sense of relief, but, you know, it wasn't a solution. It's not a healthy coping mechanism. Um, So I OD'd for the first time in 2018, September, um, and I was admitted to hospital, (laughs) but it wasn't a hectic overdose. I was just, I was really miserable, and I, I didn't want to be there. Like, I didn't want to be in the space that I was at, so I just took a bunch of pills, and I, I took them, and, um, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I was admitted to um, um, It's a public hospital in Cape Town, and I remember that was my first experience with a mental health um professional well a, a professional my my first interaction with a professional regarding my mental health and obviously it was a negative experience because the guy shouted at me and he basically said that no you know suicide is a serious thing and you're too young to be having these problems and you just you know like you 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 Probably don't have any serious problems and you shouldn't do things like this because you know this is bad and he basically invalidated my entire experience my pain and he did make he, he made me feel like my problems weren't serious and I was you know being ridiculous <laughs> you know and um it's just it was it was very disappointing because after that, I, I just, I never, um, not never, but until March 2019, I didn't seek any other help because of what that man had said. He had completely invalidated um, my experience and told me that I'm too young to be having problems. I shouldn't um, be overdosing. Um, I should just be focusing on my life and whatever. And um, yeah, it just, it it really sucked. And I know a lot of people that have had um, negative experiences like that in hospitals um, with regard to their mental health. And that's a whole another episode because I have a lot of stories of negative experiences with um, mental health well, not mental health professionals, but um, health professionals um, that were assisting me when I had a mental health issue. But anyway, so after that, I just, I did not look for help. I went back to life. I just um, completed my exams, went home, but obviously something had shifted. I was um, completely different. You know, I was always on the brink of tears. Um, um, I just, I felt like I was floating, like life was just carrying me wherever. And it was, it was not nice, but also I wasn't, you know, exploding, I wasn't feeling anything explosive. So to me, I just felt like, okay, you know what? This is what it is, whatever. We just, we, we move. Then 2019 came and I got back to Cape Town and I'm convinced, no, not even convinced. Um, it is a fact that being in Cape Town contributed greatly to my depression and realizing that was kind of um, a breakthrough <laughs> because... I realized that one, I didn't want to settle in Cape Town and two, whenever I got the opportunity to, I would go home because just the space, the the city, being in Cape Town was just, it, it was a negative experience for me. So that I also learned that year. Um, so yes, 2019 came, I was in third year. Um, and then it was around this time that the symptoms started to kind of show up and, manifest more outwardly. Um, So the first one um, was a change in my sleep patterns. So I had campus on Monday, Wednesday and Friday from nine to five. And then on Friday from nine to one and the first few weeks I used to attend school. It was great. Um, Wake up, make lunch, um, have breakfast, go to school, do the things, you know, and then slowly, I just started to fall off. Um, when my, my when my alarm rang, I couldn't wake up. Um, or if I did wake up, I would wake up, shower, um, and then get back into bed and sleep because I just, I did not have energy. I was finished all the time. I struggled to get out of bed. If I did get out of bed, I would get back into bed because I just, I, I was not, functional. I could not function. Um, and it was weird because you know at the time before before I started doing the research on depression I was I was super confused because I was thinking why can't I just get out of bed? Just get out of bed just go shower just go eat just go to campus but I couldn't. I I I, I could not get out of bed and it's just it's so insane because You know, you think about getting out of bed um, in a non-depression context where you're just like, oh, I'm so lazy to get out of bed. I don't want to. I'm going to stay in bed. Whereas with depression is I cannot get out of bed. I'm physically incapable of getting, well, mentally, (laughs) mentally, physically uh, incapable of getting out of bed. Like I cannot do it at all. Um, So... That was, that was the difference. But at the time, I, I didn't really um, realize the difference. So I just, I thought I was being lazy. But then I would just tell myself, you know what? You're tired. Just stay in today. And then Wednesday, you go to campus and you spend the whole day there. Wednesday would come. I would still sleep in. It was bad. I spent most of my time sleeping. And as a result, that had an impact on um, my what is it um my energy so I just I didn't have energy at all even though I was sleeping all the time I would wake up tired and still go back to bed that was the reason of me going back to bed I, I didn't have energy because you know you sleep you're supposed to sleep you wake up you feel energized ready to tackle the day I did not have energy I could not um do anything um If i did manage like i said if i did manage to get out of bed and do something one thing like shower or eat i would feel so so drained afterward and i would get back into bed and sleep so it just didn't work (laughs) and because of that that had a big impact on my schoolwork um, and just my concentration in general because i was tired i couldn't concentrate and i couldn't get work done So I would work for very short periods of time, like 15 minutes, Um, 30 minutes would be pushing it. And then I would get back in bed and sleep for two hours and then maybe get up and maybe do some work again. But no work was being done. And it started to show in my results because the first um, assignment that we had, which was an essay, um, I think I got 45 or 48% for, and it counted 20% of my grade. Um, I wrote it in contract law. It counted 20% of my grade. And even though I knew that, I, I, I struggled so much to put in the work and to, to, to make the essay into something that was decent. And because of that, I failed. And I think that was when I started to realize that, okay, something's not right, (laughs) something's not right here, because, um, I, like, that, that, that was an extreme, that was an extreme fail, like, 45% was, was a little bit extreme, um, and I, I realized that, okay, no, we are, we are not normal, not, no, not to say, no, no, normal is a bad word, not to say people who are mentally ill are not normal, I'm just saying, I wasn't, my usual self um yeah that was the first indicator and then um not the first indicator but it was a big indicator and then another thing was um when i did go to campus um i didn't okay no let me start with the sad and irritable so i was incredibly sad and um i don't don't know if i was irritable I think I was more sad and the sadness that comes with depression is a different kind of sadness it's a it's a hopeless kind of sadness you know where you feel like this is where you're at now and there's absolutely no way of getting out of that you feel miserable every waking moment things that used to make you smile like um, talking to someone or um, watching dog videos or painting, whatever, they just don't bring you joy anymore. And in fact, it's the opposite. They make you feel sad because, you know, you feel even worse um, because you can't enjoy these things anymore. And it's just everything, everything around you, everything around you brings you down. And that, that I don't know, it's so hard to explain the sadness that comes with depression because, you know, everybody feels sad um, every once in a while. But obviously with depression, the sadness is a bit different, um, but it is hard to explain. But yes, I was sad all the time. So I was crying all the time and um, I would go to camp when I did make it to campus, I would not lost, firstly because I was tired and I wanted to go home and sleep, and secondly because I was very miserable. So during lectures I would leave the lecture theatre and go to the bathroom and cry my eyes out and try to fix myself you know so that you couldn't see that i was crying luckily i wore glasses and then i would come back to the lecture theater and then maybe make it through another 15 minutes go back to the bathroom and cry my eyes out until eventually being on campus became unbearable and i would just leave campus and i would go home and i would sleep because sleep was the only reprieve that i had from feeling miserable because if i if i was awake i was miserable um so i yeah, because of, that, because of that and the tiredness, I, I kind of stopped going to campus. Um, I would only attend two lectures a week um, because they weren't recorded and because I was very scared of failing those two <laughs> courses. The lecturer for those courses was um, strange, weird. So um, he had a very unique way of teaching, so it was not a good idea to miss those lectures. So I would only go to campus times a week for those lectures and yeah so all of this showed in in my school my my work results my my school work results um which were declining and it was obviously really bad because once um depression starts to impact your life well once the symptoms start to impact your life like your your actual um life then you know you got to get help (laughs) you know if 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 you can't work you can't stay awake for long periods of time you can't concentrate and you know it's 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 impacting your results my you know it was impacting my schoolwork i realized that you know something was wrong here um so yes then i was eating less um and it was actually <laughs> really funny because, not funny, but it was really sad because um, because of my low energy, right? I only ever had the energy to do one thing. So if I was awake, I would have to decide between showering and eating. If I showered, I would finish showering and I would get back into bed and I would sleep and I wouldn't eat. If I chose to eat, I would go to the kitchen make something, eat and go back to sleep. But I never ever had the energy to do both, ever. And um, even now, um, when I go into a depressive state, like I, I, uh, that's one of my indicators where if I make food and then I feel extremely exhausted afterwards and I can't bring myself to shower, then I'm like, okay, um, were a bit low on energy, you know, then I have to be alert whether I'm just, you know, low on energy or whether I'm falling into a depressive state. So that was, um, that was another thing. And because of that, I lost a significant amount of weight. I lost so, so much weight. I was practically non-existent. My clothes didn't fit me, right? All my clothes didn't fit me. And so you know how sometimes if an item of clothing is big, you put like tights underneath so that it fits. I put on tights underneath and there was still like a huge gap between the item of clothing and my body. I was non-existent, non-existent. It was actually really scary. Um, yeah, but I just, I could not bring myself to, to, to eat. Um, it, was, it was really horrible. And actually now the medication that I'm on, when my psychiatrist put me on it, she warned me that it would make me gain weight. And I was like, girl, I am fine with that. Bring on the weight. And I'm so glad because, you know, I've gained healthy weight and, you know, I am, I feel (laughs) like, you know, I've got thighs, I've got arms, you know, a little bit of a tummy and I feel good. Like I've meat, in my face and I feel good, you know. So it's really scary um, losing weight to the point where you just feel, you know, non-existent. So that was another thing um, that I experienced. And then um, I did lose interest in activities that I used to enjoy. So I love reading, obviously, (laughs) obviously. Um, and I would spend a lot of my spare time reading, going into bookshops, browsing bookshops, sitting in bookshops and reading in bookshops. (laughs) I would go to, um, so at Exclusive Books, they would have authors that came and do, did, do, did, yep. They would have authors that would come and do, um, readings and signings of their books. And sometimes I would go to those and my hobbies, one of my hobbies just centered around books and when the depression came i could not i couldn't look at my books because looking at them and knowing that i used to love to read but now i couldn't made me even sadder so i i stopped reading and um in 2018 i had bought a bass guitar so at the beginning of 2018 i decided that i wanted to play bass um but i wanted to be sure <laughs> before i invested so i said i would wait six months um, and if i still wanted to play bass by mid 2018 then i would buy the guitar and i did so i bought the guitar in mid 2018 but due to my decline in mental health my guitar sat on the side for over a year untouched it just collected dust sitting there and I was so, so sad (laughs) about that because, you know, I remembered how excited I was, you know, when I first thought about the idea of playing bass, uh, the fact that I, I still had that excitement six months later, and when I did go to buy it, when I brought it home, when I got the amp, it made me so sad, you know, to think that all of that excitement, um, was for nothing because now this thing that I had invested in that I was super excited about was just sitting on the side. I couldn't pick it up. I couldn't look at it. It just made me so, so sad. So I didn't, yeah, I didn't do anything that I enjoyed anymore. I didn't go out to restaurants, which is another thing that I used to love. I couldn't stand being around people. Um, I just, I basically stayed home, stayed in bed and slept if i wasn't sleeping then i'd be on my phone aimlessly browsing through instagram watching videos but even the videos that used to bring me joy didn't bring me joy anymore it was just basically to pass the time and yeah that was that was really sad and you know i'm i'm glad now that my interest in reading and playing my guitar has come back because you know back then i would think what if my interest never comes back and I would have wasted all this money on a guitar and I don't even play it and it just sits there and it's such a waste, you know, and all of those thoughts, they bring you down because, you know, you're thinking, why can't I just enjoy the things that I used to enjoy, you know? And yeah, it was, it was really, really sad, um, at the time. And then, um, suicidal. Yeah. Um, September 2018 and um I did overdose again in April March I think it was like two weeks after I got diagnosed I overdosed again and then my GP had me admitted into a psychiatric clinic so just that feeling of hopelessness of just not wanting to be there to feel that pain anymore it's overtook me and you know it would come and it would be so so intense and I would just not want to be there anymore and you know that that feeling of not wanting to feel pain not wanting to be there because everything that you loved and enjoy is just bringing you down you know it just pushed me over the edge and I thought you know what I, I can't do this anymore and um, because of that I overdosed And that's usually how it was, you know, feeling overwhelmed and just feeling hopeless that nothing would change and that I wasn't getting better. And, you know, I would be on medication for the rest of my life and I would be living in my trauma for the rest of my life. You know, those, those feelings of hopelessness, you know, they, they, they drove me to overdose multiple times. Um, And unfortunately that's the thing with depression. You know, it's not um, a linear journey where you get diagnosed and you get medication, you go to therapy and then you get better. It's very, I don't know, you know, sometimes you take five steps forward and one step back. Sometimes you take 10 steps back and one step forward. And yeah, unfortunately, you know, it's not linear and that's how it was that's how um i ended up in hospital multiple times but um you live and learn you know you live and learn and i did eventually learn that you know trying to kill myself was is not the answer firstly because (laughs) um (laughs) no 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 let me not say that um Trying to kill myself was not the answer because, um, okay, I don't know. It, it wasn't the answer because my doctor said that it wasn't the answer. And I listened to them and I said, okay, if you say so, chilled, then I will try my best. But as time went on and, you know, I was in therapy and um, I got onto medication that actually worked and I started to feel hopeful, you know, um, that little bit of hope came back and, you know, just kind of even, even if it was like a little bit of hope, just seeing that and thinking, you know what, there is a possibility that I could get better. Um, that kind of overtook the wanting to kill myself, um, idea in my head and not to say that it doesn't come back. It does come back, but you know, it's, it's the acting on it that I guess, um matters but anyway I'm going off track so yes I was also suicidal and then I think um one of the biggest ones was the worthlessness and guilt so when I started um experiencing all of these things right I just before before I did my research and you know I said okay maybe this might be depression I was just I felt so ridiculous because I thought, why am I crying all the time? Why am I so miserable? Why am I sleeping all the time? Why am I struggling to be around people? You know, I felt weak. You know, I felt like I wasn't, um, strong enough. I wasn't trying hard enough to take care of myself or to, to, to work hard, to be present, to, to get out of bed and to shower and to all of these things. And because of that, um, I did not want the people in my life to see me in this vulnerable state. So yes, I was, I was miserable and I decided, you know what? I don't want anybody to see me being vulnerable. So I pulled away from pretty much everybody in my life, um, especially my friends, um, my campus friends, because we would sit together um, during the lectures and we hung out together and we talked. We had a very strong connection. But when all of these things started to happen, I pulled away from them. I stopped sitting with them in um, the lecture theater. I stopped talking to them. If I saw them on the corridor, I would just walk past and I just stopped interacting with them completely. And I know this was very difficult for them because they didn't understand what was going on. You know, imagine you have your friend and you guys are great one day, you're talking, interacting the next day, she doesn't talk to you, she doesn't say hi to you. She's sitting on the other side of the lecture theater and you know nothing is happening. And it was it was very difficult for my friends. It was very confusing for them. And I didn't tell them what was going on um in my life. I think they only found out later on. Like later on in the year when I realized that okay, you know what? I might <laughs> I might need a support system. And I think that's unfortunate because, you know, at the time I told myself, ah, oh, you know what, they, they just won't understand, they won't get it. But in actual fact, it was guilt and it was shame. I, I felt ashamed. I didn't want them to see me as this weak person, this vulnerable person who needed to be comforted and who needed sympathy and... Um, who was just always crying and miserable. You know, I I didn't want to be, I didn't want to take on that role in the group. You know, that, oh, shame, you know, look at her, poor thing. So I just, I completely detached from my friends, pulled away from them. And I'm really sorry, guys. (laughs) I'm really sorry for that. Um, Obviously, it wasn't the right thing to do. Um, At the time, it felt like the right thing to do. But then again, at the time, I wasn't really in a good state of mind so yeah those those feelings of shame and guilt and worthlessness just not feeling like you're worthy of the support of the people around you um feeling like you'd be a burden on them if you told them that you were suffering from depression well that you were struggling and just feeling like um nobody cares about you enough to you know, want to help you with something that you feel is, you know, that you should be able to help yourself with. And yeah, those, those feelings are what made me pull away from my friends. And um, it, was, it was really sad. It was really sad because I was alone um, during those times. It was just me and um, <laughs> my ex-boyfriend um and that was it he was my entire support system um and obviously that that wasn't sustainable but i did eventually tell my friends and this year we have reconnected rebuilt our friendships and i've been more open and honest with them about what's going on in my life and they're very supportive they're very loving and honestly i wish i had done this earlier because um having a good support system is very very important because when you're struggling you need people that you can reach out to who will be there for you who won't make you feel like you're a burden who won't make you feel like you know you're being ridiculous and that you shouldn't be feeling the way you're feeling you know you need people who validate you who comfort you who will support you and just be there for you and um honestly if you give people in your life the opportunity to do so they will step up and even though I did it, you know, maybe two years too late. I'm glad that I have finally done it. Um, yeah. So that was, that was basically my experience, um, with the symptoms. Um, oh, there was one more thing I did. Um, I had a panic attack on campus <laughs> and this was, ugh, this is such a terrible experience. Actually, this, I think this was what also for made me pull away from, um, my friends and then just people in general um i was on campus and we were in a lecture and i started to feel you know teary and whatever so i got up went out went to the bathroom cried my eyes out Um, and then on my way back i bumped into a matron and she spoke to me and i cried and she prayed for me and it was okay and then as i was walking back to the lecture theater i started to you know panic and i just collapsed and luckily there was a guy in our class who's a paramedic Um, and he came out and he helped me and he helped me to breathe. But then the problem was, this happened just before the lecture ended and just before lunchtime. So everybody started coming out and I was there by the front entrance, by the entrance of the lecture theatre and I was on my side and I was breathing and now people are coming out and people are coming and talking to me and they're saying, Do you need something? And I'm trying to breathe, but I can't breathe because there's people and there's noise and there's so much happening and just having most of my well, I, I don't know about mood, but like a lot of people from my class see me in that vulnerable position just made me Want to withdraw from everyone because i didn't want anyone to see me as weak and vulnerable um and yeah it was it was it was a really horrible experience eventually they moved me to the library and i sat there until the paramedics came and they checked me um and then i went home the next day i saw my gp but that experience also contributed to me pulling away from people because people had seen me in that vulnerable state and i thought you know, I, I, I'm not going to talk to anyone, I'm not going to interact with anyone, because I don't want to give them the satisfaction of them thinking that I need them, or that um, I'm, I'm miserable, and I need people, you know, I, I didn't want anyone to think that I needed them, basically, so that was a really horrible experience, and <laughs> um, yeah, that was really terrible, anyway, so I got diagnosed um, March, by my gp and i don't know if i'm the only person who's ever experienced this but i i kind of started experiencing imposter syndrome i started to think wait do i really have depression or am i just being lazy you know am i really sick or am i just not trying hard enough to get out of bed to go to school to cook to clean to do my schoolwork? like am i am i just you know making this out to be worse than it is am i just being lazy and you know that's I think that was the biggest thing for me um, trying to convince myself that no you're not being lazy you're actually sick you are suffering from an illness you know and that imposter syndrome is so real and even now you know when I've done my research about depression and obviously I've had my psychiatrist and we've spoken about this and I know about it I've read about it it's still there sometimes you know for when I can't get out of bed, you know, I'm thinking, am I being lazy or is it the depression? And um, there's actually this one example. Um, I remember when I was in a depressive state, I was lying on my bed and I was in so much pain. My tummy was hurting so much and I had my table next to me and the painkillers were right there. They were just out of arms reach. And I could not bring myself to sit up. I could not bring myself to get up to reach for the pills. And I basically just suffered in pain for a long time because I could not get out of bed. And I use that to remind myself that, um, if I was being lazy, um, the pain would have motivated me to, at the very least, the pain would have motivated me to get up and get my painkillers. But I just, I, I couldn't, I literally chose to suffer pain then, not chose, but I endured the pain because I could not get up. And even if you're lazy, you wouldn't do that, right? So, yeah, that um, that imposter syndrome was present for some time. The am I lazy or am I depressed? <laughs> and then, even though our generation is more woke about mental health issues and all of that, I started to question whether depression is even a real thing because you know all of these symptoms. Are things that people experience. Like you know, everybody feels sad sometimes. Everybody feels tired sometimes. Everybody struggles with concentration sometimes. Everybody um, loses their appetite sometimes. You know. And I started to think, how do I, how do I differentiate between oh, this is just like a um, kind of an occasional thing versus okay, this is depression. You know, and you know, I I started thinking, is depression even a real thing? Don't we all feel tired from time to time? Don't we all feel sad from time to time? And I was just, I I didn't realize that I was invalidating my own experience because, you know, I was struggling to believe that I was actually sick and I wasn't just being lazy. And I think, you know, even if we are awoke, a more woke generation when you're the one who's diagnosed with depression it's a bit different you know it's 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 definitely different um because then you have to tell yourself that yes this is an illness this is a sickness that needs to be treated i am not faking it i am not being lazy i am not um just being difficult um, I am sick and I need treatment. Um, so yeah, it it took quite a bit to come to terms um, with that. Um, and then over time, I've kind of become more aware of um, when I' starting to descend into a depressive state. And obviously, there are these symptoms, but um, it's become more nuanced for me because you know the more you pay attention to yourself, the more you realize, the more you can pick up changes in your mood and all of these things so um yeah it's 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 become little things like um if i start to um not shower every day um i become alert if i struggle to eat or if i start eating less um, i become more alert if i start sleeping more than usual and this one is a big one for me because currently i'm on sleep medication so I only, I can only sleep when I have taken my sleep medication. But if I start to sleep in the afternoon when I haven't taken sleep medication, then I know that, okay, something is wrong because now I'm sleeping more than usual and I'm able to sleep without my sleep medication. So, you know, I become more alert. Um, I start to rewatch series. Okay, <laughs> so um, I know a lot of us like to rewatch um, shows, but for me, it's, an indicator it's an indicator that you know like we're we might be sinking into depression where i start to re-watch the same shows over and over again and it's usually just two things it is new girl and um the avengers movies and when i say re-watch i mean rewatch. like i i watched season one to eight of new girl and then when i finished it i went back again and i started it literally at like the same moment and, you know, that's when I realized that, okay, something's wrong here because I'm going back to my comfort show and I'm re-watching it, just it, over and over again, you know, not re-watching it and then going to re-watch something else, just rewatching it. Um, so that's another indicator. Um, and then, what else? Responding to messages. I mean, I don't respond to messages anyway, so that's not really an indicator for me. Um yeah it's 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 oh my music taste also um the the type of music that i listen to um i listen to music all the time so i always have earphones in um and the music that i play depends on my mood so if i start to notice that the type of music i'm playing is very depressive like very sad miserable music then i'm like okay something might be wrong here. And I um, become alert to that. And yeah, it's just, you know, you, you have to become more alert to these things, you know, you want to be able to pick up that, okay, I'm going into a depressive state now and you go to see your doctor and you get help rather than waiting until you are in a full blown depressive state. And now you're miserable. And now you have to start pulling yourself back up again from scratch so um yeah self-awareness self-awareness definitely does play a role with that um and yeah so that was that was pretty much everything that happened that led me to say no man this isn't right i need to go see my doctor (laughs) and i did and she diagnosed me and that was the start of my medication and therapy journey which will be another um, episode because i've been on every single psychiatric medication you could ever imagine. And it's been wild. It's been wild. The side effects have been wild. But um, I'm here now, I'm on a good combination, and I'm doing better. So yeah, so that's basically how I knew that I needed to go see my doctor, that I was entering a depressive state. Um, My advice is don't wait until you're like, miserable if you start to you know experience these symptoms and you're feeling not good go seek help you know don't wait until you're completely demolished before you go seek help because it's harder to pull yourself back from that um yeah and that's it Uh, i hope you guys enjoy the episode please again don't use my um story to diagnose yourself Please, please, please 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 do your research And if you feel like you're getting into a depressive state, seek help. Um, Yeah, that's it for me. Have a good one guys. Thank you.